0: Let's try something else.
1: What's going on, guys? My name is Al De Niro, and welcome to another Q&A episode of the Midnight Hour. This is not episode ninety or whatever one you're expecting next numerically because as I said in the last one of these uh, it's not a numerical episode if it doesn't have a guest and you're probably wondering who will be the next guest when will be the next numerical episode and truthfully I actually don't know Um, I've reached out to some people who appear to be in a threshold slightly above the caliber of person I'm able to attract to this show because my audience is so slim Um, and I reached out to some people that I have always sort of wanted to talk to and I just thought I'd give it a go because um, I have been surprised in the past by the like um, I've been surprised in the past by people who've decided to come on the show in spite of the fact that they have a much larger audience than I. Um, so I thought I'd give it another go. No success so far, but if you guys have any guests you'd like me to bring on the show, um, let me know. As for the, like, original lineup, um, I sort of don't want to bother anyone uh, at the moment when I don't have too many topics in mind, uh, in particular, but mainstays such as Jack and Dr. John are still in the same circumstances I mentioned in the previous episode, and therefore, um, I'm, I, I can't get them on at the moment, but they will be on as soon as they are available again and make themselves known to be available again, um, other than that, I don't think I have anything else to say with regard to like the formatting of the show and stuff. Just thanks for your continued support. Um, I know that following me must be one of the most awful things in the world, uh, because presumably you like the content if you've stuck around, but presumably you are frustrated by the severe lack of it <laughs> in recent times, so sorry about that. Uh, I'm doing the best I can. I will also say this is an incredibly busy time for me in my life. Um, I have something on nearly every day, and I'm also trying to move house, and as I mentioned in the last episode, that's proving to be quite a struggle for me. Uh, I happen to live in a city where renting a house appears to be just the most difficult thing a person can do, and it feels like even when I make up ground, I lose some footing, and uh, yeah, it's it's been really hard trying to find a place to live, and it, and it takes up a lot of energy, and it can be a really demoralizing task, like... I know people who've, um, I know people who have recently purchased a house and they said that it was just an incredibly tough ask, um, and it took a long time, you get a lot of rejections, you get a lot of people trying to mess you around, um, you, you realize there's just a mountain of red tape for just about everything and you can feel like you're getting really close and then have it slip away so much, so, um, yeah, I I am just dedicating a lot of energy to other things. One of which is my wrestling podcast, uh, which I recently recorded episode two of, uh, which hit like the five hour mark. But don't worry, we're going to start splitting these up uh, so they won't be that long when you go to listen to them. But if you are a fan of the post-Attitude Era wrestling um, and you've seen some pay-per-views from around that time... I think you're really going to like what we're doing with this podcast. I'm uh, I'm very excited about it. It's definitely happening for those naysayers out there. I reckon I have about 10 videos worth of content already. It's going to be on a whole new channel. Just not quite ready to launch it yet because I want to have everything prepared. Um, but I will be doing a wrestling episode of the Midnight Hour soon, all right? That is a thing that's happening. And if you are a wrestling fan and you'd like to appear on that episode in whatever form let me know, leave a comment, go on the subreddit right now, create a new tread, call it wrestling or something, and if you haven't done that, go to the subreddit right now, see if there's a tread called wrestling, if there's not, like, it's gonna be slightly embarrassing for me, but also, that's fine, because, um, not all of you are wrestling fans, and, like, not all of you are, not even every person who listens to the Midnight Hour is listening to this, because I'm not putting it on YouTube, but, um... Just let me know if you want to come on the show to talk about wrestling. But specifically, let me know what you would like to talk about. Because I think I can format this episode in a few different ways. Um, So anyway, I will get into the questions. There aren't many of them today. I don't expect this to be an hour long. Obviously, you already know how long it is. Because the time is listed on the actual track. Um, But the first question is from Dan, who says... Who would be your dream guest on the Midnight Hour? And I find it really difficult to think in terms of dream guests. Um, one person I would love to have on the... I'll put it this way, right? I don't think of myself as a good interviewer. I think if, if you listen to my episodes with Steve, I think that's probably me being the best interviewer I can be. Um, and, and that's partly because I know the guy, so I was able to drag like a slightly more interesting conversation out of him than a normal interviewer would. Um. I don't know how well I fare interviewing people in general. I, like, I couldn't even think of what questions to ask. Um, so therefore, I think having a celebrity on the show would generally revolve around an interview format, and I'm not sure that's my strength. So when I think of a dream guest, I think of a person that I would like to just sit around and have a chat with, someone that I'd like to have a beer with, that kind of thing. Um, a person I've actively tried to get on the show before is Hutch. Um, He obviously has a following that is astronomical in comparison to mine Um, so that has been difficult (laughs) but um, I'd love to have him on the show because I feel like I have a lot in common with him uh, particularly our love of movies and our willingness to go to bat for movies that other people have sort of rubbished. Um, and that's pretty cool. I, I think Hutch has a really good eye when it comes to hidden gem movies, and I like how passionately he defends them because I see a lot of myself in that tendency. So I think it would be really interesting to have him on because I think we'd bond over that kind of thing. Um, I, I like even like if I I can think about Call of Duty YouTubers that would make great guests on this show. I'd I'd love to have a conversation with Woody's gamer tag. Um, like I, I watched so many of his videos. Uh, over the last like however many years and he just seems like a really a really nice guy i know he has like a legion of haters which i just will never understand because he seems like such an honest person um and even when he is like the bad guy in a situation which is, is like malleable sketchy at best uh he always like really attempts to see things objectively and i think that that's a really important skill that not a lot of people have and it's really good to see um just branching outside of youtube for dream guests though i think um as a huge fan of the gaslight anthem i could realistically foresee having any member of that of that band on this show and it working really well um i was lucky enough to meet benny uh the drummer of that band i had a conversation with him before um I have a picture with him. He signed my "Gaslight Anthem" ticket. I've seen them like I've seen them every single time they've ever played on Irish soil, and every time Brian Fallon has ever played on Irish soil. Um, and I've also seen them in Scotland. But yeah, huge fan of that band. I, I can tell from the lyrics that Brian Fallon writes that he's a massive music fan. And I can tell from reading articles and interviews um, involving him in the past that he is, he's also passionate about music that he likes, and I think that would just make for a really good conversation too. I think I'd have a lot in common with him, um, and I'd get a great conversation out of him. Um, I, I, I think though, I don't know if those are boring answers because they're very, they're very uh, specific in their fields, but I just think those are the types i I'd, I'd be able to talk to the most like i'd fucking love to have joe rogan on the show like you know that 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 sort of thing that would be great um but realistically it's it's just not ever going to happen and i can't even envision it happening um not that i think brian fallon is going to want to come on my podcast either but like I could kind of foresee it happening because I think I have enough in common with him. You know what I mean? Uh, Other than that, I've also attempted to get Mark Hoppus on the show unsuccessfully. That would also be pretty damn great. Um, Next question is from Dan Charlie who says, why is Roman Reigns the big dog? Let me tell you. Hey, two Dans asking questions so far. Let me tell you, Dan Charlie. um, Roman Reigns is the big dog because he puts on great matches. Um, He doesn't get carried to great matches because that's not really a thing that happens in wrestling. Um, I will only spend like 30 seconds talking about this, so don't worry. Um, He is a good worker. Uh, He does his gimmick very well. And he knows how to work a crowd, I'll tell you that. His promo after the last WrestleMania was so good. Uh, Next question is from Sean who says, Favorite novel and favorite video game from your childhood? Favorite novel is such an interesting one. Um, the most, the, the most recent novel that I read was futuristic violence and fancy suits by David Wong. And it was absolutely incredible. Um, if you, even if you don't read books anymore, because a lot of us don't, um, and and you have an audible account and you get your free credits and you're not sure what you should spend them on. Um, now I find it hard to listen to novels on audible. I, I like listening to nonfiction on there mostly. Um, but you should get, futuristic violence and fancy suits on there. I I actually read the book. I haven't heard the um the audible version of it, but it's a very very thrilling book. Um it really is like a, just you get thrown into this real fast-paced world. It's believable and it's it's very it's just really well written. I I think check out that audiobook um if you guys are, are just looking for something to listen in your spare time. Uh my favorite novel is quite possibly the beach by Alex Garland. Um, I just it was such an easy read for me. I read it at a time when I was most willing to grab on to a novel um, and really like explore it and stuff like that. Um, it paints a, a really like solid picture of the type of story it's trying to tell. And I've followed Alex Garland a lot uh, since then um he wrote the script for a movie called sunshine which is a hidden gem movie and i I actually honestly think i've seen hutch talk about that movie before um but sunshine is is a really really good movie if if ever someone asks me for a recommendation for a movie i always tell them sunshine because it's really really good um he also wrote the script for 28 weeks later which i thoroughly enjoyed um and then he most recently directed a movie called ex machina which is great so Uh, I'm a big fan of Alex Garland. He's got another book called The Coma, and it's very, very short, so I don't know that it would be one of my favorites, but it's also very, very good. Other than that, I've actually, like, I've read a good few books that I know I always cite when people ask me for my favorite novel. It's been a long day, maybe. That's why I can't remember any of them. But the first one that always comes to mind is The Beach. There's another book by Chuck Palahniuk um, called Choke. He's the guy who wrote Fight Club and a whole host of other uh, critically acclaimed books, including invisible monsters, which is um also a book that I really like, but there was something about choke that really struck a chord with me and the way it was written and everything it's so kind of beautifully miserable but also like less uh, less darkly violent than his usual style um and and I really really liked it, particularly the ending um and the second part of Sean's question is favorite game from your childhood I always answer this question with Metal Gear Solid 2 and I think a lot of um, a lot of longtime listeners will be sick of hearing me talk about Metal Gear Solid 2. Um, So I'll say Final Fantasy VIII to just switch things up a little bit. I I think um, it's a game that had no audio from the characters in it. It's all uh, text on a screen, but the soundtrack is phenomenal in that game. And I regularly just turn it on as background music, particularly the Balam Gardens bit at the very start. I I just there's something about it that it transports me into another world the final fantasy games are very particular i I, like i think they appeal to a very particular type of person um as a game they appeal to a a wide scale of gamers obviously but as an actual aesthetic like a world um there's something about them it's like they were just crafted in another dimension and they they take elements from all separate kinds of sci-fi and a lot of reality in there too and they're just magical, um, particularly when you're at the right age to be playing them. They can really resonate with you in, in a really profound way that I don't think would work in any other medium other than uh, video games and final fantasy 8 was the one for me a lot of people say 7 i honestly think 8 is better than 7 and i think it's purely down to the age that i played them like if you were to tell me 7 is a better game I'd, I'd go along with it but final fantasy 8 has a great game within the game where you play cards and uh, <laughs> that was also awesome um i have a lot of really good memories from playing that game like i was so young i got that for my birthday from my granddad um, I I th- I feel like it was '99. I think I was eight years old, and um, I remember like getting up on a Sunday morning to try and beat the first ever boss fight, where you're you're fighting this dragon thing on an island where the seed warriors or soldiers from the Balam Garden they go to this other island to to. Free it from forces or soldiers or something like that anyway. But you end up fighting this big dragon. And, and this is about 15 minutes into the game. But I was a kid so I, I was very, very bad at games. And it took me so long and I remember the first day that I beat it. It was a Sunday morning and I was so goddamn happy. Um, yeah, so I, I will say Final Fantasy VIII. I'd like to know what your favorite games are. Um, I'd actually like to know a lot about all of you when it comes to these things. Like if you guys were to also answer the questions that would really be great because I feel like the lack of comments has made us lose touch a little bit. I know it sounds weird saying to lose touch because I'm a podcaster and, uh, podcasting as a medium rarely gets strong interaction from its listeners. But, uh, you guys, a lot of you guys are also my YouTube subs and I feel like I used to know a lot of you very well. The next question is from young thug fan who says, thinking of starting a podcast myself, but nervous about other people's reaction where I'm from. A lot of people are judgmental. How did you adapt? Um, a lot of people where I'm from are judgmental too, man, and I basically didn't adapt to that at all. What I did was I started my YouTube channel. Um, I didn't tell any of my real life friends about it. I created the the whole, you know, El De Niro alias. I went by this name only. Uh, no real pictures of myself on my Twitter feed or in YouTube, like no vlogs, nothing like that. Um, so I kept El De Niro a completely separate entity from myself. I blocked all of my real-life friends from the El De Niro account just for fear of them ever finding out about it. And then I got to a stage where I was comfortable enough doing it that doing you know, videos and podcasts and whatever felt like second nature to me. I unblocked the people. I, I told some of my close friends. I didn't really tell anyone else. I just let people tell other people. And eventually, people start asking you about it, and you realize that a lot of people are actually pretty envious of it and they all think it's really cool um like a lot of people are impressed by it and this might just be what they're saying to my face and they might think i'm a fucking weirdo in their private time that's fine I, i honestly don't care um the judgment part just becomes less and less of a factor the more you get into it you basically have to become comfortable with it yourself and then you'll learn that it doesn't really matter what other people think if you could think about the fact that You support Man United, which you do from looking at your avatar. Um, If you're in, like, say, Bradford for the weekend and you have your Man United jersey on and everyone there supports Bradford, so they're all thinking of you a little bit dif- differently, if they challenge you on the fact that you support Man United, you're not just going to stop supporting them, you're just going to do it, because it's second nature to you, that's what you've always known, you're a Man United fan, That's maybe you're a Cristiano Ronaldo fan, I don't know, whatever, but that's the thing you're passionate about, that's the thing you're willing to defend to your very core, at no point are you going to pretend you don't, so you just need to reach that level with your podcasting, um, What I would say is if you're thinking of doing it, just doing it, sorry, just do it because I spend way too much time, uh, and I still do this, I spend way too much time thinking about doing things that I don't do, and then I kind of regret not doing it, and I feel like I had a lot of energy to dedicate to that thing. If you're thinking about doing it, if you're thinking about starting it up, you've obviously got the energy within you to actually go ahead and do it. Uh, It's just better to let that out, so try it you don't need to tell anybody just you know go about your business put it online tweet some people I don't like see what happens maybe maybe start it with your closest friend and just talk about something random and just throw it on the internet and just don't think about don't care or worry about how big your audience is how many people you want to have listen to it just think about the, the actual cohesive thing that you have created um, and that alone is, is pretty damn impressive like um, if you feel like you want to do it, then just go ahead and do it, that's what I say, next question is from A. Meyer, who, um, says, favorite quote about existentialism, um, this is real, like, I don't have, like, a list of existentialism quotes in my brain for me to rattle off, so, uh, this is a tough one to answer, I, like, I, I mean, I know lots of quotes in my head, I can't think of one in particular right now, that, um, relates to existentialism but i'll say this a great quote that is not what you're looking for this isn't you know what conventional wisdom would tell you is a great philosopher with a uh, you know one of those old-timey portraits wearing old-timey clothes and smoking a pipe this is a modern philosopher who has nowhere near the uh the type of following that he deserves but he does have a huge following called sage francis and the quote I'm thinking of is, if it feels like you're going through hell, keep going. Because, uh, I mean, it's so it's not particularly about existentialism, but it, it does relate to the environment around you that you exist in. And I have thought about that quote so many times in my life. It's it's from his song, Vana Get Busy, uh, which is on his, is it his latest album? I think it is his latest album um Copper Gone which was such a goddamn great album like he his I think is it um I don't know if it's his second or his third album A Healthy Distrust might even be his first album I I, it's been a long day but A Healthy Distrust came along in like 2005 from Sage Francis and for a long time it was what I considered my favorite album of his, and and he's released, uh, like, a uh, fair few albums, six or seven, including mixtapes as well, and stuff like that, um, but Copper Gone came out in 2012, was it that long ago? And it's fucking unreal. Um, it, it's It's, like, as good as A Healthy Distrust, and it's probably got better... Uh, wordplay things and like great quotes just like the one if it feels like you're going through hell keep going so I'm going to say that one next question is from Will Jackson who says is getting viewers slash listeners onto the podcast still on the agenda also have you watched Baby Driver probably my movie of the year so far uh, yeah I'd love to have viewers and listeners onto the podcast I've tried recently to get people on to talk about specific things that I want to talk about and uh, no one really went for it, so I don't know where that leaves me, um, like, what I would really like is for people to say the specific thing that they're good at talking about, um, or or something that they feel knowledgeable about, and I tried that before, um, like, I I couldn't really, I, I had one guy who, um, was willing to come on the show to talk about Star Wars, and then, I can't remember what happened, but something went wrong and then I could only record it at one time because Santiago and Lucmore obviously opposite continents, opposite time zones. It was really, really hard to organize this whole thing. So I just had to go ahead and do it without him. Um, and it's a shame because I was really looking forward to it. Like it's something, it's a gate that I really want to open because I really want to encourage it because I, I think it would actually be just an awesome way to keep the content rolling um, and like, and just an awesome way to like to you know meet new people and and sort of um and find out um alternating points of view and things like that like I'm particularly interested in having conservative minded people on um but yeah like I mean I have had Ali on he was awesome he's down to come back again whenever he's ready like you know if you want to come on the show like let me know go to the subreddit and make a tread and like we will work it out you know, tell me what your audio quality is like. Obviously, that is a big thing. If you have terrible audio, like, I, I can't let you on the show. Loosemore is the only person I allow to do that. Um, and the second part of your question, have you watched Baby Driver? Yeah, I watched it in the cinema, like, quite recently. So I didn't bother doing a review video on it because it has been so long since it came out that I just, I didn't think anybody would care about my opinion. Um, but it is an absolutely brilliant film. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I, I was actually very surprised by how much I enjoyed it, too, because I thought the whole musical aspect of it would make it appear really cheesy to me, and I just don't do cheesy well. I, I don't do intentionally quirky well, either. Um, th- these are things that just, I, they just don't suit me. I prefer dark, I prefer brooding, I prefer those types of things. Um, but Baby Driver was quality. It really reminded me of True Romance, because of the whole Bonnie and Clyde aspect of it, and the whole, like, hopelessly young and in love thing. Um... But the the soundtrack was great, it had a really good cast, the way it was shot was ridiculously good, Um, the way the music synced into everything, it's such a great movie, I really, really enjoyed it. Wouldn't be my movie of the year though, because Dunkirk is just on another level. Next question is from Alex who says, are you interested by FIFA 18 and will you consider making FIFA 18 related content? Love the podcast, keep it up. Thank you for loving the podcast, I really appreciate it. Um... I have considered making FIFA 18-related content recently. Uh, I've considered two avenues um, that interest me. One is an Aston Villa career mode. One is an Everton career mode. And both of those ideas are hindered by the fact that I have already done career modes on both of those things. Um, But they're also hindered by the fact that I just don't know if I have the energy to compete with other YouTubers these days. Like, I, I don't feel like, you know... When there are people like Docklanders and Chani Sports and 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 other YouTubers who make career modes, I just don't know what I have to offer. Uh, in between, in between names like that with audiences like that, I like. Um, I would do the career mode and enjoy playing it and stuff. I don't know if putting all of the effort into regular uploads, you know, keeping everybody happy, do, doing all that editing. Um, you know, trying some new stuff. My my career modes are, are amongst the most formulaic and standard career modes you get on YouTube. But I understand that I have a following um in career mode because my career modes are generally more realistic than everybody else's. Um so, like, that's my niche right there, is realistic career modes. Everything I do has this alternative slant on it that makes it less accessible to the masses. Um, but honestly, that that's the one thing holding me back, is that I just don't know where I would fit in. I, like, I don't know what I have to offer that other people don't, aside from that, you know, one thing, realism. Which, I, I think Docs does, you know, fairly realistic stuff anyway. So, um, I don't know, but... Um, I was quite happy to give the reins to Chani Sports um, back when I had more subscribers than him and see how he got on. And, like, the dude is just killing it. So, like, I feel like if you want career mode, just go watch him. Um, but I don't know. I mean, if enough people asked, I'm sure I would be tempted to do at least one season and see how it goes. Because, I, honestly, I do miss it. I miss how exciting it was to, like, upload a video and read all the comments as they come in. And I miss putting in my little jokes in the middle of it and, and seeing how people would react to that. Uh, I also miss talking really fast. I my, The flow of words that I go through in my career mode videos is just unparalleled. Like, I reckon Eminem would listen to one of my career modes and be just a little bit jealous. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, like, honestly, I would say it's possible. It is entirely possible that I'll make a FIFA 18 career mode, a, a short one. Uh, but but don't get your hopes up. Next question is from Sweet Chef, um, who says, Top 5 Air Lady Peace songs. Uh Hey, how many of you guys have listened to Our Lady Peace because of me? I feel like most of my audience who like Our Lady Peace do it because of me. Not to, like, brag or anything. I'm just going to quickly go to my last FM page and find out what my most played Our Lady Peace songs are. Because um, I don't have a top five favorite anything, really. Uh, It it all entirely depends on the mood that I'm in. Um, But quickly, just getting to the tracks here. Where am I? 3,952 plays of this band I have. And those are just the recorded ones um so i'll start i know what my favorite one is i don't know do i want to give that away number five right is a song called angels losing sleep and it's a beautiful song uh, really strong melodies it's the best song off of the album it came out on which is called healthy and paranoid times awesome album name not that great of an album unfortunately it was kind of overproduced um, they attempted to get political. I, they were they were in sort of production limbo at the time, and they didn't really know what they were doing or, or what they were trying to be. But "Angels Losing Sleep" is a nice ode to their former selves. Um, very rich in melody. It's a song about it, someone who loses faith in God, which is kind of a recurring theme in their and their. Uh in their songs next at number four i'm gonna have to pick a song from clumsy and it's going to be the title track clumsy which is a song that can mean different things when you're in different moods uh but it's it's very good lyrically it's got that beautiful cryptic our lady peace element that is profoundly relatable and also just filled with mystique Uh, Makes you want to find out more about it. And it's a a really good song. I think you guys should write these down and listen to them as I say them. uh, Because they're very, very good songs. So at number three, I am going to say Everyone's a Junkie from Spiritual Machines. My favorite album of all time. Um, Everyone's a Junkie is a song about the book 1984. Um, At least, I think what it's about is... Rain Maida Mida not sure how you pronounce the second name uh, trying to map the book 1984 into the world that he created for the album spiritual machines the, the sort of a, a lot of subtle references to it that I've picked up on um I, I think that's what it's about anyway but the chorus is just phenomenal it, it's it's just ah uh, they're just a, they're a ridiculous band it's it, it's it's like a crime of some kind that they don't have the following that they deserve. Um, at number two I am going to say Potato Girl from the album Happiness Is Not A Fish That You Can Catch because it's a great song and number one is my favorite song of all time from any band it's called The Wonderful Future and that is the final track on Spiritual Machines and it is just the loveliest song ever written and ever performed so the next part of his question is also are you getting more into working out and fitness if so what routines slash activities are you doing uh so i haven't been for a a good few weeks now i've done a few sessions of personal training with my friend peter um who is a personal trainer a really good one um he's also like one of my best friends he's just he's an absolutely awesome guy um hopefully he'll be on the podcast someday i think if you've got like a really good memory i did like a christmas eve video a long time ago where peter rang me in the middle of it and i put him on loudspeaker and he spoke and like i, I don't think many people understood what he was saying because he's got a very thick Northside dublin accent um but he's my trainer anyway and um Dude, I don't even know what kind of fucking activities I'm doing. I do what he tells me and it hurts. And, like, I, you know, for the next week I've got um, a thing called delayed onset muscle soreness. And <laughs> it's great. Um, I do actually feel awesome every time I do it. And, um, unfortunately, I don't have the time to do it. And that's not a thing I'm saying as an excuse for not doing it. I wish I had more time to do it because I enjoy it and the way it makes me feel and all. Um, But... No, not so much lately, and I I couldn't tell you, we do an hour, um, tiny bit of treadmill, uh, some cardio at the very end, which involves the rope thing, I just did the hand motion for what the rope thing is, but if you've ever, you know, been to a gym, you you know what the rope thing is, you you bang ropes up and down, and, uh, it's, it's for cardio purposes, um, other than that, like, weights, and, uh, like, squats, and, and, like, all that kind of stuff, um, Next question from Football Fan 8 says, Favorite game you've ever been to? There is only one answer to that question. November 7th, uh, 2012, Celtic versus Barcelona. Celtic 1 2 1 with goals from Wanyama and Tony Watt. Um, and yeah, I was in the crowd. It was absolutely phenomenal. The 125th year anniversary of Celtic. Um, the the atmosphere was like nothing else I've ever experienced in my life. It was it was really 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 good. Um, I think I spoke about that game in a video. Uh, well, I think that video might actually be gone now. I'm not too sure. Um, but yeah, that's that's definitely my favorite game that I've ever been to. Uh, I think I'm running out of questions here. Um, the next question from Dan, he says, "Do you have any interest in any sports other than football?" Uh No, just sort of wrestling and fighting and things like that. Like I, I said in the last episode, not a huge UFC guy, but I will watch it from time to time. Um, other than that, WWE, you know, it's a sport. So you're wrong if you think otherwise. It's on Sky Sports. That makes it a sport. Um, now, I, I guess I sort of wish I liked other sports. I watched Gaelic football at the weekend when I was in a pub. After I had done a seven and a half kilometer walk from Bray to Greystones, in County Wicklow, um, and uh, yeah, I watched some Gaelic football there. Uh, it was pretty good, but like ultimately meaningless to me for whatever reason. I, I think that's what it is with sport: is that I, I don't really get the emotional connection to it a lot of the time. So I end up watching it from the point of view of someone who, um, of someone who like appreciates the technique it requires to do that thing, but that's not enough to hook me or or, or keep me watching. So I like I kind of have lived a transient nomadic life where I've lived in 11 different houses and so many different counties and countries that I feel no allegiance to one particular team. Um, and that sort of counts me out for a lot of, uh, well, especially domestic sports and things like that. Um, I'd find it really difficult to latch onto a sport like hockey, even though I think I would really enjoy it once I got into it. Um, but I have this sort of horrible ability to um not ability tendency to just whenever i feel like i'm being overcome by tribalism i sort of abort and then i end up i don't know i just i I can't latch on to something to keep me in to keep me interested in sport and i i think probably a big part of that too is that i was never really a particularly sporty person uh, I was much more of an introverted child. Like I liked video games and music and and putting posters on my wall and expressing myself in that way. So um, I guess that's where I'm at. Uh, the last question that I will take. We're only thirty four minutes in. This is a very very short uh, episode of the Midnight Hour. Uh, not a real episode, obviously, because it doesn't have a number. Um, but football fan eight, with his second question in the space of three questions, says. Do you think there will be a third world war in your lifetime? Um, I think what we consider to be a world war is actually a lot different to how it actually happened. Um, If you guys have like 75 hours to spare, you should check out hardcore history by dan carlin where he talks about world war one I. I think it's blueprint for the apocalypse i'm not 100 percent sure um but in that book or in that book in that podcast um he cites some books from around the time um that intellectuals and economists and, and philosophers and and whatever else um basically said that because we have all of these nations and we have free-flowing trade, we have growing economies, um, everything is constantly improving. A war between these these countries is, is so unlikely. Uh, it's in none of their interests to do it. Most of the leaders of these countries are, are friends in, in some form or another, like a lot of them are even related, distant cousins and stuff like that, so um, a world war is unlikely to happen. And I kind of feel that way about the current era I feel like it's really unlikely that we'd have a world war for that reason but because they were wrong and four years later um or however many years later you know there was a obviously world war one um I think I'm very naive like I'm a skeptic in a lot of ways but what that really means is that oftentimes I end up saying "Nah, nothing will happen everything will stay the same because everything is good the way it is um the thing about World War One is that the difference between now and then is that there was no like European Union I, I don't know if there was a UN the way it exists in its current form um, there were just more countries in Europe um, there were also more countries that had joined together unamicably where there were people who wanted separation um, just there were much more hostile attitudes and much more sort of flammable elements of uh, of politics going on that they didn't fully understand and for that reason a war like world war 1 for that to break out would be very unlikely because i mean for one for just one reason the european union exists so it's unlikely that we would see warfare on that scale uh world war ii though is completely different i, I can't really map a world war ii scenario onto today's world either um like y- you hear constant scaremongering in the media about fascism and the rise of fascism um in a lot of ways i actually feel like the rise of socialism is more pertinent to today's society but at the same time, I don't see how it would become violent in one of the main Western countries. Um, so I don't know. I like I also I just don't have the authority to speak on this kind of thing. Um, I kind of like sometimes I flex and I, and I, I talk, I, I, I branch into politics and international politics and stuff like that. To be honest, I'm just a wanker with a microphone. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about half the time. My intuition tells me that a world war is possible um but my gut is like it's not very likely uh, even now you see north korea um they're developing and have developed uh, ICBMs um they've said they're not afraid to fire these or whatever um i talk a lot of shit about donald trump cuz i don't like donald trump um i do honestly think that him coming out and saying him coming out and threatening North Korea the way he has done is kind of, on one hand I think it's whatever, on the other hand I do think it's really dangerous because he doesn't seem to have a, f- a great grasp on international like politics, like at one point he insulted North Korea and also insulted South Korea at the same time. It's like if you want to go to war with North Korea, surely if there is any one fucking ally on the planet that you want on your side, it's South Korea for a number of reasons. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, what am I saying here? I'm saying Donald Trump will start World War III. No, I, 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 I don't know. I, like I expect, like as much of an odious buffoon that I think Donald Trump truly is. Like, I just suspect that he has the right people advising him here and there. Like, I feel like the right people will know how to manipulate him to not go to war. Um, I I don't know if he's the type of guy who wants his legacy to be laced with, uh, like, a war because of the just the divisive nature of a war in general. I, I don't think um, it's something that would see him go down in the annals of history as, as being, like, a, a good guy. Um, so, I don't know um but it's possible i just don't think i don't think it'll be in my lifetime probably in your lifetime i have just noticed that there is actually one more question that was buried in the the way twitter works at the moment is like you've got interactions and mentions and when you click your mentions you see a lot of stuff that's not there in the interactions and vice versa and that's really annoying but the real final question for this episode is from lewis who says, who are some of your favorite rappers? I prefer the old school rappers compared to the ones nowadays, apart from Kendrick. Um, yeah, Kendrick does have a real, like, old school kind of vibe to him. Um, have I I feel like I've spoken about my favorite rappers on several occasions, but it, it's, you know, anything to do with music, like, you know, who's your favorite band? Someone asked me in, in work the other day who my favorite band was, and I, I couldn't answer it. I think I ended up saying The Clash, purely because of the mood I was in at the time. Um but, um, favorite rappers, so, just thinking off the top of my head, you know what, I'll go to Last FM, I'll let my Last FM account tell me who my favorite rappers are, uh, Kanye immediately comes to mind, just because I, I don't think I've ever enjoyed a rap album as much as I enjoyed, uh, my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, um, then, like, as i was growing up obviously there's eminem he's a rapper that pretty much every single teenager listened to um to a huge degree and and i've seen him live as well uh so um you gotta give a huge shout out to eminem even though i don't feel like his most recent stuff has been that great uh he has come out with traps with tracks like rap god and things like that so um pretty damn great uh then there's drake i love drake i know that to a lot of people he's a laughing stock, not a real rapper and all that i kind of i like where drake is taking rap like i'm comfortable with it it's like it's easy for me to listen to i I don't just i don't have to get all like deep into it or anything like that it just is what it is um then probably like honestly probably my favorite rapper of all time um is sage francis i've seen him live twice uh his music speaks to me on a level that like other rap music doesn't because it's very introspective. Um he speaks very very well about what's on his mind and he can be like breathtakingly open about what he's thinking or he can be like really cleverly closed off and vague and it works so well. Like I I think he truly is a a wordsmith um, that sort of just excels uh, beyond the capabilities of of rappers who talk about things like violence and and uh, and other stuff like that. Um, it's not really like a he has less of a following, therefore he's better than them. It's not like a hipster thing like that. It's it's just I I think his levels of literacy go beyond sort of any other rapper that I've ever heard, um, his, his songs are like, they, I don't know, they give me the same kind of stimulation that I'd get from reading a book or something like that, so, um, he's, yeah, Sage Francis is just the man, um, I also like Akala, who's a rapper from London, he's, he's pretty damn cool, uh, Run the Jewels, obviously, absolutely awesome, I love them both as well, Killer Mike and LP, like their solo stuff is great, um, LP, in particular, has just... He has two absolutely phenomenal albums. Um, who There's someone else I wanted to... Oh, yeah, Atmosphere. Atmosphere are really damn good. I often use their instrumentals in my vlogs, on, and a, a couple of people notice every time, so that's pretty cool, too. Um, then there's uh, Kendrick Lamar, I can see. I, I do enjoy Kendrick Lamar. I, he's not, like, my favorite rapper, but I think he's probably the best rapper um who's around and in the mainstream right now. Like, I think that's fair to say. Um, Gotta keep looking through all my plays to find rappers here. Uh, Basically, look, I like rap music. Uh, I think it's a good genre. Nah, just kidding. Um, When I was younger, I used to listen to stuff like Tupac and Biggie and Eminem. And when the sort of gangster rap from the early 2000s started coming in like i was all into that too um i liked 50 cent i liked the game more i still really like the game his first album the documentary is (laughs) it's like it's probably in my top 10 most listened to albums of all time i still know every word to every song off by heart like it's really 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 um it's really sort of special to me which is actually a track on the album too um i was mad into that i i, I really most recently too um push a tease album my name is my name that's so good particularly the first half and then he released an album last year uh the one with crutches crosses caskets on it i can't remember what it's called i think it's darkest before dawn or something like that that's really good um there's also a rapper called saul williams who i used to be really really into he has an album from 2007 called the inevitable rise and liberation of niggy tardust and it's produced by trent reznor and it's it's not like it's i think it's a little bit too long and too moody um but there is a point in that album where you will think the best thing in the world is listening to somebody rap over trent reznor's bass heavy end of the world beats it's awesome um, so yeah I'll, I'll leave it there I feel like when I talk about music only a few people are really into it and I've done like a lot of mumbling here like when I say it's been a long day I mean it seriously has been a really long day so I'm um, sorry if this sounded like I tuckered out towards the end but anyway that is the end um, I, I don't know how long we're at. I think it's 46 minutes which is 46 minutes longer than it would have been if I never recorded so hopefully you guys appreciate the uh, the brief but triumphant interlude I have been El De Niro. thanks for listening
0: There's bound to be a ghost at the back of your closet. No matter where you live, there'll always be a few things, maybe several things, that you're going to find really difficult to forgive. When you feel better, you'll rise up free and easy on that day and float from branch to branch, lighter than the air. Just when that day is coming, who can say, who can say? Our mother has been absent ever since we founded Rome. There's gonna be a party when the wolf comes home We're gonna commandeer the local airways To tell the neighbors what's been going on they will shake their heads and wag their bony fingers in all the wrong directions and by daybreak we'll be gone I'm gonna get myself Go out every angle of unfair advantage. I'm gonna bribe the officials. I'm gonna kill all the judges. It's gonna take you people years to recover from all of the damage. Our mother has been absent ever since we founded Rome. But there's gonna be a party when the wolf comes home.